Optimus Solo, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Mass Mayhem, episode 11. And with me, as always, is my Thunderhawk co-pilot, TFG1 Mike. Welcome aboard, man. Yes, hello. Uh, before we get to the business at hand, um, the podcast went on a hiatus. Uh, we're not going to say why. You had some personal stuff come up in your life. Um, yes, sir. I would never force anyone to reveal the stuff that unless they wanted to reveal stuff. If you want to talk about it, fine. If not, fine. It, you just had personal issues. That's really all people need to know. Right. Scheduling um, conflicts of uh, plenty. Yes. As far as Masked Mayhem's return, we will be doing episode 11 here and episode 12 over the next two weeks. However, depending on Kevin's schedule, future episodes might be every two weeks release instead of weekly. We just don't know yet at this point. Um, we're just going to play it by ear, so, and just see how it goes. But the podcast is not dead. Uh, Miles Mayhem did not succeed in, uh, in taking over. No, Venom has not won. <laughs> no, not at all. So, uh, in this episode of Mass Mayhem, we'll be giving you our thoughts on episode 25, The Plant Show, episode 26, Secret of the Andes, and episode 27, Panda Power. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. You realize if anyone discovers the secret, the vines will be worth nothing. If I get caught, I get nothing except jail. Them vines grabbed me. They don't care who they grow all over. All right, all right. We're going to have to move fast. Cover as big an area as possible before we make our demands. All right, so let's start off with our plot synopsis for The Plant Show. We start off at a rock music concert with some crazy plant special effects, but it turns out that they're not special effects. They are plants run amok, and they take over the city, which we find out happens to be Los Angeles. So Matt assembles the team, and they investigate to try to figure out what is going on. We are It's revealed that Venom, obviously, is the culprit is, who is spreading the seeds, so we have a little showdown, first showdown between Venom and Mask. Uh, Matt has to save Scott with the Spectrum hang glider when he is uh, in trouble. And Sly Rax uses an anecdote to get out of the vines. Because in their little showdown, he gets trapped by the vines. And somehow he gets out of them and turns the vines into basically brittle, dead um, vines that are easy to be broken, etc. Isn't it ice that... It's well, we don't see how he does it necessarily. Right. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, but then Scott and T-Bob, who are back in the hotel, uh, get this huge Sunday ice cream thing or whatever, and, and Scott lets some ice cream fall on one of the vines, and uh, it, we figure out that the ice or the cold is what is what kills the vines. So Mask figures out how Venom is growing the plants, Scott figures out how to kill them, and he goes to tell Mask. 
Um, there's a lot of things going on there in the, in the next showdown, but basically Matt takes out Venom's beam that is helping to speed up the growing process, and then they unleash an ice bomb to kill, to, to at least kill part of the vines, and then the uh, assumption is that they're going to continue and, and free the city of the plant mess. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and for Venom and Mass members this episode, we had Miles, Vanessa, and Sly, no Cliff, in this episode, which is odd and unique. And for mass members, we have Matt, Alex, Bruce, and Brad. So what are your thoughts on the plot of this one? Uh, when I first, before, everyone should know by now, I judge stuff before I see it. Or when I see just certain parts of it. When I saw the title of this one, I'm like, oh no, this this can't be good. This, <laughs> this just can't be good. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be bad. Um... Again, what kind of world domination organization is Venom if they are going to try to take it over with plant growth? It's a great idea. Oh my god. Yeah, if you're going like with the overall like there's supposed to be this super evil team, like why did how did they end up with plants as their op- you know, as their way that they're gonna dominate the world or get money or do whatever they're gonna do. But if you can suspend that part um, I don't really have too much of a problem. I mean, it's a cartoon. The the plants are taken over. They have to solve the problem. How they're how they're growing them so fast. How they're going to kill them. You know that part of the plot. I don't have any problems with. It's you know once you get past the initial, why are they doing this? And that's and I think overall, just to speak overall for the entire series so far, that has been one of my main issues with every episode that we've reviewed. Some of the episodes, uh, most of them, it's like, why are they doing... It's like, why? Why are you doing the this... Okay, remember I said um, um, Counterclockwise Caper was probably my favorite episode of the entire series so far? That made sense. It was a vacuum thing to vacuum up all the money and gold in Las Vegas. That makes sense if you're going to... Want want to be rich billionaires to eventually you know blackmail and buy and take over the world that way, taking over with plant growth. Uh, I don't know. Um, I did enjoy watching this one. Um, I, there are a lot of great moments in it because of the plant growth. Um, uh-huh. In the uh, <laughs> in the um, in the episode post in the uh, in the show notes, I put a picture in there of. Um, when Rhino gets uh, all tangled up, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I, I I saw that I saw that part of the scene and I'm like, oh my god, how the hell did they animate that? That is so freaking cool. Um, but overall, I, I don't know. It's it's not it's not this isn't an episode I can go back to. But overall, the plot's just okay, I guess. What about yeah, you? To me, it's the initial part of the idea of the plot that's bad, but the actual carrying through of the decision that they've made to go with the plants is not done wrong. It's yeah. It's a fine plot if you can get past the initial why are they doing that thing. Did you say fine or vine? Oh god, don't get me started. <laughs> um, yeah, and I did I do got to say that as far as the mass team selection uh is interesting cuz Brad actually asked Matt if he's going to call in the troops. 
like Brad, Brad in some way asks Matt if he's going to assemble the team or call in the troops or whatever. And then when Matt's doing it, when he said asks the computer to select the the most suitable team, he says Brad Turner pre is pre selected. Yeah. So well, I thought that was good. He's done that before. I mean, he's, he's done the pre selected part, but I've never heard somebody else ask Matt to assemble right, the team. Right. Yeah. So um, that was good. The ice cream shorted out your radio. Come on, I gotta get you working. Oh, silly. Nothing there is matter me with. All right, time for some high beams for the plant show. I'll start us off here. I really only have a couple, even though I did like this episode. Um, I thought there was some good stuff. Now, you're going to see some in the low beams, too, but Scott was a mixed bag for me on this one. The part Mm -hmm. that I liked about Scott in this episode was that at one point, he finally is being a kid because his dad says, you know, basically, you can go to the hotel, you can do anything you want, which is, yeah, that's great advice, Dad. Um, but basically, you can go to the hotel and do whatever you want. And being a kid, that would be all that it would take to not be involved and just to be like, all right, let's party it up. You know, let's party up in the hotel. He does. He gets that huge thing of ice cream. You know, that's Scott being a kid, and that's him naturally getting involved when he figures out that the cold kills the vines. So I I like that part of Scott's um, involvement in this episode, that he was being a kid and there was more of a natural involvement on, on this part of the episode. Um, I also thought T-Bob was pretty funny when his logic circuits were screwed up, the way he was talking and stuff. Um, that was one point where he's like, nothing there is matter me with, or something like that. I thought some of those lines were funny. Uh, um, uh. And I thought it was uh, good dialogue when uh, when Scott tells, Scott's, I think, suggesting to Matt that he can be a lookout, and Matt's like, you can look out the hotel window. Uh, that was kind of a funny line, too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool things with the plants, a lot of cool uh, situations that they had to get out of. Um, I like it when Matt actually breaks his own windshield on the Thunderhawk. So mm-hmm. that you can see. <laughs> I was like, did he just break his own windshield? <laughs> yes, he did. How about you? What What are your high beams for this episode? Well, you already mentioned that Brad, the pre-selected thing. Um, I thought it was a cool move how Matt uh, used um, used the foil uh, racks with the Thunderhawk. Because he uses, I think he uses part of the door wing, but it's the foil. It's like that silver part on the edge of the door, I right. think. I could be wrong. Um, uh, and again, I make it a point to not remember the weapon names. So I thought it was a damn cool way that uh, Brad used the uh, the weapons to get the vine people out. Um, as far as freeing the, the people from the vines, I thought that was cool. Uh, we know Spectrum can do everything and is now a pair of zoom-in binoculars. <laughs> uh <laughs> We're going to get comments about that. I know. Don't you dare say we're out on a limb. Okay, but you guys are really up a tree. <laughs> that's that's one of the lines I did not did not mind. There are other lines later on in today's episode that just make me cringe. Apparently, ice cream is deadly stuff. It is. Don't eat it. <laughs> and Vanessa got implanted. Oh, my God. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> uh, getting to see Randall's inside from the outside angle. I can see how the team can actually fit into it. Now, again, I mentioned earlier about having a picture of Rhino uh, tangled up in the vines. I also added this to this this episode post. Uh, it's the picture of where a few of the team members are standing outside, but Rhino has opened up, and you can fully see how large it actually is in the cab. Ah. 
I missed that, so I'll look at that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I got for, for high beams. Alrighty then. Boy, <laughs> you guys are really... Don't you dare say we're out on a limb. Okay, but you're really up a tree. Alright, it's time to switch on the low beams then for episode 25. Um, first of all, I only have a couple here. Two, to be exact. Uh, I did say that I liked part of how Scott was involved in this episode, and that he was at the hotel being a kid, eating his ice cream, etc., and that he figured it out on his own, so it was kind of natural. But overall in this episode, Scott is a whiny bitch. He is. Um, more so than usual, and it was really annoying. Scott's let's let's talk about his characterization so far in 25 episodes. Sometimes he's he's overzealous about getting in on missions. Sometimes he's whiny when he can't be in on missions, and sometimes he's a downright dickhead when he's trying to send postcards to Gloria and interrupting missions. Um, this kid just oh god. <sighs> Where's... He's all over the place, and this one really is particularly annoying. Yes, yes. My other only really big problem with this episode, not really big problem, but the only thing that annoyed me about this episode, because I overall liked this episode, the plant puns got out of hand. They did. I mean, I can understand one or two, you know, like a smart aleck on the team making a, a pun or whatever, or T-Bob making a pun, because he usually does, but when it's every other line... It makes it painful to yeah. listen to and to watch, and I just wanted it to stop. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you that it was a natural progression of him getting involved. However, I still maintain the same low beam I've maintained this entire podcast run. You are too damn young to be going on missions, you dumbass kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't tell these plants to move. Who said they could move? Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. Yeah, that was a bad line by the director of the movie. On the set there in L.A. So, yeah. Yeah. So, T-Bitch walks around with an actual voice and has beeping sounds. And my and has beeping sounds is all in caps. In the scene where he and Scott are going to fall, the beeping sounds were getting on my damn last nerve. I'd rather have Radio B from Revenge of the Fallen... Or R2-D2B from TF Prime. Uh, make up your fucking mind. Give the fucking robot a voice or give him beeping sounds. Don't make it one or the other or both. Don't make it both. Not one of the... Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> just, He's got you all rattled. Fucking annoys me to I didn't hell. Even, I didn't notice that in this episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, so apparently Scott is a repairman now. <laughs> Because yeah. he repairs T-Bob throughout the entire episode. Um, and again, as we, as, as I normally point out uh, during the episode, because that's usually where the, you know, to write down the, the PSA stuff, never get electrical stuff wet. While this PSA is true uh, and a good one, it's freaking contradictory to T-Bob in the series. There are times when he gets wet and he's fine, yet other times he shorts out. That's a good point then T-Bob should never be in the lake or the river or anything like that. So, And he has been there, but yeah. I, I mean, you, you've said it a thousand times already, probably. I don't know. I'm probably exaggerating that. But, you know, you've said it a thousand times or so where it's like, he's a robot. Why is he going in the water? 
If he has yeah. circuitry that water can get into and get damaged, why is he able to go into, you know, swimming, skiing, sky, you know, uh, yeah. water surfing, jet boarding, wave running, whatever? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's all I got for low beams in this one. All right, that does it for the plant show then, and we'll move on to the secret of the Andes. Mayhem, there's something over here you should see. Inca priest frozen in the ice for over 500 years. Intellect is incredible. In the two weeks since his recovery, has already learned English. The things he can tell us about the past are amazing. And he's planning to make a pilgrimage to Guata Vita, El Dorado, the last city of gold. We move on immediately. All right, in our plot synopsis for The Secret of the Andes, what do you know? We start off with a vacation in the Andes. Um, followed by an avalanche, in which case is uncovered a frozen Inca priest, which Matt and Scott discover. They take the priest to a cryogenics lab to unfreeze him, and he basically reveals that he has needed to go to the lost city of gold, or El Dorado. So that is where the priest is headed, and he believes that T-Bob is a god of some sort. Where's Esteban when you really need him? So t is going with him. Um, No, this is not the Mysterious Cities of Gold. That's a different podcast. (laughs) Um, Bruce tells Matt that uh, Venom is en route to where they're located. So Matt assembles the team. And he specifically says, assemble the team for the rugged mountain terrain. Best Mm -hmm. suitable for that. Um, Then we see this humongous eagle that apparently is hundreds of years old. Um, but this huge eagle, biggest eagle on the planet, apparently, and he uh, takes one of the discs that's going to serve as a key to the um, entrance of El Dorado. Venom kidnaps the priest, Scott, and T-Bob using uh, Vanessa's whip there. Mm-hmm. Mask is able to get Scott and T-Bob back, only to lose T-Bob again that night. Um, but the journey continues, and the priest is still headed towards El Dorado with Venom, showing them the way. Uh, but T-Bob turns on his GPS. Um, I can only assume that's what it was, his little tracking signal, so that Mask is going to be able to start tracking them. Ooh, bad pun. Um, <laughs> the, the priest un- tries to unleash different booby traps on Venom. Uh, at one point, he does open a second door and kind of floods them with the first door. So he and T-Bob get through to the city, whereas nobody else in this episode actually does. Um, the eagle brings him the key so that he can get in. They reveal El Dorado. It's pretty sparkly. Um, Venom eventually retreats, but uh, but Mask is unable to find T-Bob or the priest, whose name is Tupac, by the way. <laughs> um, so, so from gangster rapper to priesthood, okay. Yes, and he calls T-Bob Tamula. So T-Bob is Tamula, <laughs> and the priest is Tupac. So Tupac and Tamula. Um so they think basically the episode's getting ready to end, and it's pretty much like T Bob and Tupac are gone forever. But T Bob shows up all kind of dirty and whatnot. Um, but he does have an artifact from El Dorado that shows his gold form that they were worshiping at one point. So the whole location of El Dorado is left a mystery. The priest obviously has stayed there. Um, so it kind of ends with a little mysterious tone to it. Mask agents, we have Matt, Brad, and Bruce, just the three of them. Venom, Cliff has rejoined the group, so now there is four Venom agents. What do you think about the lost, uh, the Andes here, this episode? The secret of the Andes. T-Bob is 
not the ruler of a secret ancient race. Oh, why not? He is not a he is a false god <laughs> to these people. It's like, oh god, stop! With it's like C three PO in Star Wars. You just got to roll with it. <laughs> yes, but I can withstand C three PO. Hell, I hell I could even withstand uh, Jar Jar versus T Bob. T Bob's awesome. Bob just makes my brain hurt. I, 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 I do have a couple of plot notes here. Uh, wow, look at the size of it. Yeah, it's a whopper, all right. <laughs> You're sick. Oh, come on. You know that's funny, because you know what it's from. No, I don't. Really? Are you seriously? Oh, hold on. Wow, look at the size of it. Yeah, it's a whopper, all right. Come on. That was... Um, an exchange between uh, Hot Rod and Daniel in uh, 86. Oh, yeah, and the fish, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The reason why I wrote that down was because of the eagle. Oh, okay. Because the eagle is a, a giant-ass bird. There you go. I almost, in, in the very beginning of the episode watching it, I almost didn't recognize Matt in the beginning, um, in the snow scene. I honestly did not recognize him at all. Interesting. I don't know if the animation was off or what the deal was, but it there was, was like, one part in one of these episodes where his voice changed a little bit, and I hardly recognized that's, him. That's why I think it was this episode. His voice changed to the point where it was so unrecognizable that I, even visually, I didn't think it was him. Um, what are your other plot points? May <laughs> last one. Uh, no wonder. Venom has the worst headquarters ever. Mayhem lets the henchmen pick the headquarters. <laughs> That's a good point. I did th- well, I thought well, I thought that was kind of funny. I thought that was interesting, but it still is like, no wonder they have the worst headquarters ever. Yeah. I never thought about that. Um, for me, it's similar to last episode where there's one big thing that you got to get past in the beginning. If you can, mm-hmm. if you can get past that, the rest of the plot, you know, if you accept the one part, which I'll get to later on in in the low beams, if you can accept that part, the rest of the episode's fine, mm-hmm. and the rest of the plot works just fine. I mean, they're basically on. The, I love these types of things where they're on a journey to, you know, some type of mysterious or magical or valued possession of some sort from the ancient past. You know, there's booby traps involved. They're searching for it. You know. One group is closer than the other, who's following them, type stuff. I, I like those types of plots, and I think it's carried out well. I just have a minor problem with the basic way that the plot was set up, which, like I said, we'll get to. T Bob! So turning on the high beams for the Secret of the Andes, I did actually think, I don't know if I remember the Matt thing, the voice being different in this episode, or if that was a different one, because I do have a note here that I actually thought the dialogue and the voice acting was a little bit better in this episode than some of the previous ones. Um, Obviously the dialogue is better than the last episode because we're not just full of pun after pun after pun. Um, but I even thought the voice acting was a little bit higher quality in this episode. Um, I love that the priest is named Tupac. Not a Tupac fan, I just think it's funny. Right, Um, yeah. (laughs) Scott, once again, reminds T-Bob, you're not a human, you don't need sleep. He's such a jerk to T-Bob. But I do have my high beams, so... (laughs) Yeah. Um... I just think it's funny how he always is reminding him that he's not... 
a human. But that'll come up. But in I guess. The future. But I guess sleeping for robots could could um. Just be powering down. It's you know powering down, recharge. You know it's you know it's kind of like when you have to plug in your smartphone to recharge it. I yeah. mean, that's you know technically the same thing. Is um, that all you had? Or no, you I, a couple more. I love the like I said the great plot and story. I, I liked it a lot. Cool adventure. Um, I, I love the line that I think Scott uses. I knew vacation was a bad idea. Well, no freaking kidding. Every time you go on vacation, you have to deal with Venom, <laughs> which is apparently every other week. Stop yeah. going on so many damn vacations. It's karma, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I liked the scene where, uh, I think it was Cliff, Venom was finally going to take a mask off of a mask member. Yeah. He was going to, I think Cliff, it's Cliff and Matt, and Cliff was going to take Matt's mask off. Um, I was like, ooh, that's kind of a cool twist. And you'd finally actually be able to figure out who these people are. That is such a mystery. Um, so, yeah, those are my high beams. Uh, I can't believe you didn't pick up on this, but there are no scenes when the team is called again. Oh, yeah. This time, uh, as you said before, the rugged terrain is mentioned, but there was not, there were no cut scenes. They were just like, hey, it was just a digital photograph images um i did think that it was a nice save by bruce but i was hoping t-bitch would have died <laughs> and why why wasn't matt in his gear there's one scene where like right like right after uh bruce saves t-bob there's one scene where matt wasn't in his gear at all hmm. and it's so weird since they were on a mission and, i don't know that's kind of weird uh venom stole t-bob uh talon scouts i thought that was funny that's <laughs> key secrets <laughs> yeah I think this is the first 80s cartoon I've... I, I could be wrong, but the first one I've heard it in, Pussy Footing. <laughs> they do say Pussy Footing. That's awesome. Uh, drunk T-Bitch, Golden T-Bitch, LOL. Uh, no overloading the circuits, no disassemble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine for, 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 for this one were just a bunch of lines and quotes and different things I for high beams. I... I did enjoy watching it, but my, my my low beams I only have two, but they're they're pretty um they're not like super controversial, but they're deep enough I guess. Alright, well we'll have to see what those are. There's something out there. It's an Inca priest. He must have been frozen here for hundreds of years. But look at him, Dad. It almost looks like he's asleep. All right, so for the low beams for Secret of the Andes, I just have a couple, and I'll start us off, and it's basically the main reason why I have a slight problem with the initial plot. Uh, frozen Incan Priest? You're kidding, right? <laughs> this, this guy was frozen in the Andes, and an avalanche unveils him, and he is perfectly fine, and cryogenics completely solves it and unfreezes him. And not only that, the second he comes out of frozenness... I don't know what kind of stage you call that, but when the second he comes out of it, he is able to walk. Yeah, you would not be able to walk. His muscles he... would not be working right. No. It would be like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when the grandparents try to get out of the bed. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to move right. You'd have to have some help. So I had, I just have a minor problem with the fact that this guy's been frozen for whatever, however many hundreds of years, and they find him in the, like, that's a bad start to the plot. The rest of the plot's fine, but that was just kind of like, even a kid wouldn't believe that. Um, I didn't quite understand the need or the reason why the eagle was so big. 
Yeah. I, I didn't quite understand that. Um, and that it also seems to have been around since the time that the priest was there originally. Um, my only other one's a little minor nitpick. I guess I should have grabbed a picture of this, but did a dead root or branch actually fall on Matt and take him out? <laughs> I don't remember. Like he is right outside the the entrance to like the uh, entrance to something, and like there's a tree branch or like this little twig or whatever above him that falls on him, and he is just flattened on the ground. I. Matt's tougher than that. Come on, folks. That was yeah. bad animation. That branch should have been a lot bigger, or it shouldn't have taken him out. So those are my only low beams for this episode. What about you? I only have two. Um, wait a minute. Brad just leaves him there miles from the hotel. Okay. Now Scott says the hotel isn't far, but it shows him on a mountain road above the damn city, and he says the hotel isn't far. I'm sorry, if you go back and you look at that image where uh, after Brad leaves and Scott says this and, it, and the shot pans to where the city is, you can see the angle of where he's standing and how far away the fucking city is. Yeah. That's just dumb. Uh, Spectrum hang glider on! He didn't he say really, that very emphatically. Did he really have to oomph scream it? <laughs> 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 That's all I got. Okay. One can see in all directions from the island. Venom's shrine also makes the perfect fortress headquarters. Yeah, Venom Island. And the pandas are an insurance policy. You're right, Bruce. That gives me an idea for a plan. We'll call it Panda Power. Panda Power? All right, it is time for some panda power. Uh, we start off in China where a panda statue is being made. And after they are dealing with the statue and the guy that's molding it and sculpting it shows off the statue to Matt, they're all sleeping, but this big noise wakes Matt up and Scott up and the sculptor and everything. And the pandas have disappeared except for a little baby panda cub, which Scott and T-Bob adopt for the episode. Um, Matt and the gang search for the pandas. Uh, Chin Ho meets with Matt. He's saying that he can't, you know, keep it a secret for long. Eventually, they're going to have to tell people about it. Um, and then we discover that Venom has pandas, has all these pandas on Easter Island. But Sly and Vanessa forgot to bring back the sculptor, so Miles yells at them and says, "You have to bring back the sculptor." Um, there is a cliffhanger as Matt plunges to his death and the cliffhanger going into the commercial break. Um, he's saved by Scott, who rolls out a thing of tomatoes. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, Matt assembles the team, computer scans for a possible second location for the pandas, and they discover that it could be on Easter Island. So Mask finds Venom, but they don't attack because you can't hurt the pandas. Um, the rest of the vehicles and crew arrive for the Mask team at Easter Island. Um, Venom argues over who gets the next statue that's being built there because they've just done one for miles, and they're arguing over who gets the next one. Mask then comes up with the idea, and they drop food for the pandas. So the pandas are all eating, and then they attack. So we have our little showdown. Venom eventually retreats, and Mask does not follow because they need to save the pandas. The Venom agents involved are all four of the regulars. The Mask agents are Matt, Alex, Bruce, and Hondo. Mm. My thoughts first on this plot. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) I... 
So this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible plot. So you had a bigger issue with this plot versus the other two episodes? Yes, and this is why. <laughs> this is why. Venom is wanting to build a new headquarters. And they're wanting to build, you know, they've, they've picked a place, they're making their own statues or whatever they want, which I don't know why they need statues. That's retarded. You're a, you're a covert enemy organization. Yeah. You'd not be building freaking huge rock statues to show off where you're at. If you want your headquarters to stay secret, don't build Mount Rushmore on it. Um, not only that, but if you want to do all this, they could have easily gotten away with building their headquarters and doing whatever they wanted to do, and nobody would have known about it had the pandas not been involved. Involving the pandas and kidnapping the sculptor is the only reason anybody found out where they were at. So the whole premise for the episode is that ruins what they were really wanting to do. There was no need for the pandas. This is a terrible plot that we're going to bring pandas here because then they won't attack us because they don't want to hurt the pandas. This is one of the worst plots I've ever seen in an 80s action show. I'm sorry. This is bad. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on the plot? Uh, You probably liked it, so go ahead. uh, Oh, God. Again. When I first saw the title, the first thing and the only thing I can think of is one of the best sidekick characters in Hanna Barbera history. And he means Please power Scrappy sucks. <laughs> okay, moving on besides um, that atrocity of Hanna Barbera. <laughs> uh let's see. Um I I don't know. Compared to the other two episodes, uh, I liked this more. Um, My problem with the other episodes was just at the beginning of the plot, and once you get past that, I think it's fine. Right. This one is throughout. Like this, this, this infiltrates every part of the episode. Why, you know, Mask finds them, but they won't attack because they're pandas. They can't hurt the pandas. Are you serious? When has isn't, that? Well, ever... well, it, well, isn't isn't that just like saying um, in Transformers where? Optimus will say, no, we can't fight Megatron. We'll hurt the humans that are being enslaved. Well, that's or, fine, or... but these pandas weren't, like, they're not, the Venom agents aren't, there's four Venom agents. Right. This isn't like they have to, like, combat a big army. And the, it, the Venom agents are not, like, riding the pandas. They're not sitting on them. They're not dancing with them. You could easily not hurt the pandas and still attack Venom. Uh. <laughs> uh. I, I don't know. I, I just, like, like Plant Show just really just turned me off. And then Secret of the Andes just kind of, it was okay. I know you, I know you love those treasure hunting things. Um, I, I don't know. This one, I don't know. I just kind of sat back and enjoyed it for what it was. I do have, you know, good and, and bad issues with it, but I guess I, I can agree that the plot. themselves. Yeah, I know that, that, you know, the. The plot is not the best Venom plot, but as far as an overall episode, I enjoyed this more than the other two. Regardless of the horrible plot. Let's get to some high beams. I don't want to hear any more nonsense out of you. Shut up. Spinel selected. Alex Sector, computer and communications expert. Rhino systems commander. Animal expertise critical.
Okay, so the high beams for Panda Power. Go ahead. Give us your high beams. Alright. <laughs> Mayhem actually kicked Rax in the ass. Kicked his ass. <laughs> Uh, the team select actually highlights the members' skills. This might have been done before, but this is really where I noticed it. I have this down, too, and yeah, this is the first time I've noticed that they've they've actually said why each member is necessary. Right, yeah. That was really cool. And they will continue to do that, I think, as well, um, going forward, unless they forget about it. Wild parsnips. <laughs> Candace is allergic to those. It's a Phineas and Ferb reference. Glad um, I didn't get it, then. Yeah. Uh, transport jet it actually lands, and we actually see the damn transport jet. That's good. Yep. Uh, Panda power must be a crate full of parsnips. You and your puppy power. No, no. Panda power must be a, a crate full. Like, they get their power from eating the parsnips. Ah, gotcha. I always thought their vehicles were a bunch of crates. Nice mayhem. Ugh. See, I had that as a low beam. <laughs> I thought, I'm making fun of the mass I thought, vehicles. I, well, I thought it was a funny line. So First time I've ever heard one of the groups make fun of the other's vehicles. Yes. Uh, during the crate drop scene, I freaking love the alt mask theme music in the background. Yeah, that was Again, good. This is something that you really have... It's something you really have to be watching the cartoon and not just listening to it in the background to really get it. Um, Rax's lunch... Again, yeah, I have three images this week in the um, in, in in the post. As I mentioned earlier, the two from uh, uh, the two from Rhino, and then I have one of uh, the panda chasing racks. That was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, don't run with sticks, trip or fall. Yet T Bob falls out of the fucking tree. It was highlighting why you shouldn't do that. I guess. What about you? What do you got for high beams? Um, you know, we returned to the land of the puns on this episode, just like in Plant Power, where there's a lot of plant puns, there's a lot of panda puns on this one. The only ones that I found acceptable was when they said the uh, the bear necessities, um, pandemonium, and the bear facts. Those were all right. All the rest of the puns I could do without, but those puns were, were decent. Um, T-Bob the Incubator. Showing off another function as they take care of the baby panda. And the baby panda was cool. So, yeah, who can fault a baby cool. panda? Yeah. Um, like, like you said, I liked how they gave each member a, a reason why they were necessary to be included on the team. And I love uh, Miles' line when Mask shows up. He says, I was wondering when Mask would get here. <laughs> it's like he's just accepted the fact that every time he does something, Mask is going to show up. And he was just waiting for him. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that was the extent of my high beams for this episode. How can anyone be so cruel as to steal innocent animals? I wish I knew, Andre. See you at the Tiananmen Men's Square for the celebration. Okay, Matt. Okay, let's let you go first, because I'm sure you don't have as many. What are your low beams for Panda Power? I got four. Um, T-Bob is very unintelligent, not knowing the difference between a panda and a puppy. <laughs> After the scaredy bear scene, uh, the Thunderhawk fires up, yet there is no voices from the characters. It is all sound effects. This isn't essentially a bad thing. I just found it very weird. Okay. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I'd have to rewatch that or something. Yeah, you're going to have to go back because there's no voicing. It's just Thunderhawk firing up, and it's all sound effects. Um, as you said, too many bear puns. Yep. Hence why I liked... I always thought their vehicles were a bunch of crates because it's 
Not a bear pun. <laughs> oh. There's no way in hell that a tomato cart like that would save Matt or anyone. First off, it was a wooden cart. Secondly, Matt's force and weight would have bashed right through the cart to the ground. Yeah, he should be dead. <laughs> Saved by a... And it wasn't like there was like a sea of tomatoes. Yeah, it exactly. It was a little cart like that you'd have at a farmer's market full of a couple hundred tomatoes. Yeah. You, you're dead, Matt. Yeah, you're dead, Matt. <laughs> so what about you? What do you got for low beams? I had the tomato part. Terrible plot point that you can't attack because of the pandas. I've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, I hate that Matt actually called the plan. He's like, ooh, Mask has never had names for their plans, but all of a sudden they do in these next couple episodes. And it, the plan name is Panda Power. Like, are you kidding me? You're a group of superhero-like guys, and you're going to name your plan Panda Power? Um, so putting like, the, the puppy power line oh through. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> a car knocks the statue of Miles Mayhem over. A, yeah, a car. That, that was kind of messed up. Um, the pandas didn't help anything. There was no need for them to be involved in this episode. Why, again, if you're trying to create a headquarters, would you bring pandas over, which then draws attention to you because you've kidnapped pandas? Ugh. And my, my last part, um, one of the most famous events in the history of China is the whole thing at Tiananmen Square. Mm-hmm. So uh, why does Matt call it Tiananmen Square? Uh, then when they first mention it, he says Tiananmen. And then Scott later refers to it and says it right and says Tiananmen. I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's the history buff in me, but come on. You have a cartoon. Let's not have people pronounce names of places wrong. Well, Matt, you're an idiot. And especially Matt. He's the philanthropist. He should know everything. He's involved in everything. He should not mispronounce that. Yeah, I agree. So those are my lobians for this shitty episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be quite interesting we're, we're going to break and uh, give you some audio during our commercials and some clips and whatnot, and then we'll be back with our overall thoughts and our episode rating Mask will be right back and so will Venom you can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free use and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy, just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Geekcast Radio when you register. 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TFC1 Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey. Kid? Yes? 
Shut up. Beyond the Night is the GCRN's latest review podcast. We are covering everything in the Knight Rider television universe. From the classic 80s TV series to the 1991 reunion film, Team Knight Rider, and the 2008 relaunch series as well. So join TFG and Mike and Dion the Music Man as they go in-depth and Beyond the Night only on GeekCast Radio Network. You can find Beyond the Night in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Yes, Michael. Just keep driving. Is this thing on? Oh, goody. Why, hello there. It's your dear old Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself, what could I be possibly doing here of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by Geekcast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Join Steve, Mike, and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile and join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. <laughs> Now back to math. All right, before we give our overall thoughts and ratings on the episodes, real quickly on the PSAs, I know we mentioned them a little bit already, but the first one was never put electrical tools in the water. The second one was don't overload your circuits. Don't plug too many things into the same outlet. And the third one was don't run with sticks. Uh, which one was your favorite PSA? Um... As far as a comedy piece? Yeah. The overloading the circuits because of... T-Bob and yeah. just him getting fried. Um, I thought that was a good one. I mean, a lot of kids needed to know that. There's a lot of electronics being introduced to this yeah. time in the world and, yeah. and you know, with Nintendo and all that coming on strong. And so that's a good thing. Don't overload your circuits and don't put electric tools in water. It's something kids always learn. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The first two are really good. This the third don't one with sticks. Like really? Nobody plays with sticks anymore. Shut up. Uh, all right let's get into the ratings then starting with our first one which is the plants show what did you give that one one out of five all right i gave that one a strong four out of five and the only thing that stopped me from giving it higher was the plant puns otherwise it would have been higher so i gave it a four the whole just the whole plot of venom needing to use plants to take over whatever that's why I gave it a one. Uh, th- that's just so friggin' stupid to me. Almost as stupid as pandas. Um, let's get to the secret of the Andes. What did you give that one? Three out of five. Okay, I gave that one a four. The only thing, again, stopping me from giving it higher was the fact that it was a frozen dude uncovered in the Andes. Yeah. Like, just that initial thing. Otherwise, I would have given it higher than a four. Which leads us to panda power. I'm afraid to ask, what would you give this one? <laughs> uh... I didn't enjoy the first two. Like, I, 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 I didn't. Neither one of Plant Show or Secret of the Andes made me want to just sit there and watch for enjoyment. Panda Power did. So, 
Uh, you can go ahead and scream now if you want. I gave Panda Power a four out of five. All right, I will balance that by giving it a one. <laughs> um, so that means the people that are listening you need to tell us which one of us is right <laughs> i gave fours to the first two and one to the second one or the last one he gave a one and then a three and then a four so i think you're confused i very much enjoyed the first two episodes today and i hated the last one <laughs> but us disagreeing on something is not uncommon so not at all universe <laughs> spinning as it should any other last thoughts about these three episodes uh no i'm glad they're over <laughs> all right and we'd like to thank everybody for being a part of mass mayhem today and if you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show there are several ways to do that visit the website www.geekcastradio.com where you can comment on all our posts hopefully we can get some feedback on the ratings of these episodes and people can let us know which ones they liked and did not like Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show feedback in iTunes. Please do that. We need some new iTunes reviews now that we're back and running. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Geekcast Radio, or TFG1 Mike, or Optimus Solo. I did them all. Um, become a fan of us on Facebook. Search out Geekcast Radio Network. You can leave voicemails on the website by just using a... No, you can't. That's oh, you can't do that anymore? Available. So it's just the voicemail number now. Oh, okay. Well, call 502-526-5821. Again, that number, 502-526-5821. So that's the way you should leave voicemail for this one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Mayhem, and don't forget to join us on our next crusade when we'll be discussing episodes 28 and 29, Blackout and A Matter of Gravity. For now, I'm Optimus Solo with... Dave and Mike. Tune in next time when we take another look at what lies behind the masquerades. Why is it that when I look at the title A Matter of Gravity, the first thing that floats into my brain is Billy Joel's A Matter of Trust? I don't know, because you have a strange mind. Hey, who let the pooch in here? That's not a pooch. It's a baby bear. I can't believe you don't know the difference between a dog and a bear. Well, you only taught me the bear necessities. <laughs> Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 